Welcome to Japan according to Akio. Everything you wanted to know or didn't think you needed to know about Japan. With me, your host Akio, living in Japan since 2004 and giving you the lowdown on what it's like to live in and around Tokyo. Hey yo yo yo, welcome to episode 100. We did it, y'all. We're in triple digits. We're in new territory, a new frontier, a new level. It's kicking it up. We're doing it.、Um, again, this is pretty much a normal fucking ass episode, by the way. <laughs> but but、um, I do have some good content. I got some,、um, a really nice product review coming up for you. I review、um, my trip, my, the trip I took like about, a, about a week ago in depth. We.、Um, Um, I talk about some more Olympic bullshit going on.、Uh, we go dig deeper into the main part, or we go deeper into some concepts、um, about Japanese society. And finally, we end up with some interesting、um, words that you can kind of incorporate into your Japanese study or Japanese speaking repertoire.、Um, and yeah, that's it. It was a pretty solid episode. If you look at the time, you can see it's damn near an hour. Some good shit in there. So. Let's get to it. Enjoy. Happy 100th. That was so cheesy. <laughs> I had nothing like climactic to say, but we are here for our 100th episode. So thank you all for who've been with me、um, from the beginning, and thank you to you all who you know, came along along the way.、Uh, we are here for. A completely ordinary episode. Like I told you before, this is nothing special at all. <laughs> Hold on, let me, let me get my stuff prepared.、Mm. Okay, there we go. I got my links all lined up. The only thing special is this special Costco wine <laughs> that I got ready to go. Mm. Mm. That's what I'm going to be drinking on to,、um, this episode.、Um, I do have some. Of course, links I've compiled.、Uh, hopefully, you guys have gone through the you know, the links from the last, what, about three episodes, you know, a few different series of links.、Um, entertaining, I think.、Uh, I enjoyed watching them, and hopefully, you all have as well.、Um, if you have, let me know what you think about those. Again, questions for akil at gmail.com. Shoot, shoot me a line, let me know what you, what you think, what's going on.、Um, Maybe if I get any emails, <laughs> which I normally don't, but any emails would be nice. And um, anything, um, memories from the episode, any topics that、uh, you, know, you found interesting、um, would be appreciated. Again, questions for Akil. It's all one word. My name is AKIL, of course, it's in the title. So, excuse me. Um, Yeah, so we're just going to get into things. It's not too, too late tonight.、Um, you know, I'm not going to say it's going to be a short episode. I'm just going to let things go, run its course, and see where the episode takes us. Anything? Ah, yeah.、Um, I, I believe in the last episode, I just remembered, I didn't talk about, I wanted to recap my trip uh, to. Mm, mm, to Izu Peninsula. Izu Peninsula here in Japan.、Um, I didn't really. Oh, no, no, no. I think I did talk about it a bit, but I wanted to talk more a bit about the、um, hotel that I stayed in. I,、uh, it's been about a week, so I kind of for, 
forgot exactly exactly how much detail about my trip I gave last time. I'm guessing it's not that much because it was pretty late when I recorded. So I'll just go over it one more time for you guys before I get into, you know, what I have prepared. Um, besides that, not, pretty much been like a typical week for me over here. Uh, just getting back into the swing of things, getting content pumped out. I started a blog, which is awesome. Again, it's not for you guys. It's um, just um, some of my English study content. Being, just repackaged it in blog form and put it out, got a template going, so I'm kind of happy about that. Back to putting out YouTube videos for Japanese people, happy about that. And just, you know, um, after I record this, I'll record my, my Japanese podcast, which is just like five minutes of, of me storytelling, introducing the idiom for people, stuff like that. But, but you know, the cycle of content on my end is kind of um, I'm starting to crank it out again, like at the pace that I was before. So um, I'm still a little bit off, but I'm just kind of happy to be getting back on the ball, which is cool. Um, anyway, uh, so the trip that I went on, family trip, again, I used a, uh, a app called Any Car. Any car, which is A N Y C A. If you, unless you speak Japanese, I wouldn't recommend you download it. You don't even need to search for it because it's, it's, the interface is in complete all in Japanese. If you do come here and you have a Japanese girlfriend, for example, you get your, you're going to need your Japanese license. I mean, it's just probably not even worth me mentioning it to you guys because unless you live in Japan long term, I mean, well, I don't know, there might be a couple of you guys who are living in Japan, but. You know, if you live in Japan and do have your Japanese driver's license um, and can speak Japanese, there's a lot of, like, conditions on this, or have a native Japanese speaker guiding you through the process, I think it's a, it's a good service to get on. It's kind of like Turo. Um, I, I might mentioned it before. I don't think I gave the name of the service last time, though. But um, the thing is, though, the service is all in just the app. It's all in Japanese. Even, like, me inputting my name. Sometimes this is a glitch that happens here, like, a lot of interfaces and stuff that are made for Japanese people, they kind of, Japan, again, doesn't really think out the box sometimes, a lot of times. So the in name inputs are only in Japanese. So, like, sometimes if I'm, like, ordering movie tickets online or something like that, I can't put my name in, in English letters, you know, um, Roman English letters. Uh, so, um, so is that Roman numerals? Can I say Roman numerals? I think so. I think it's called Roman numerals. But um, I can't put my name in that way. So I have to put my name in, uh, like, hiragana. And, again, you have to put your name in hiragana and katakana. So I just have to write my name all fucked up. It's kind of weird. But I, I'm always a little bit disappointed in the country every time I, ha I find, like, you know, a UI for some type of technology that doesn't have that thinking, that doesn't have that in it. I'm guessing it might be just a standard form or whatever code that they use but the person who wrote the code like really didn't think outside of japan and it's you know a little bit a little bit annoying mm. so you know um like i said I, I rented a car that i wanted to drive and uh drove the family we went strawberry picking which was really cool um my wife found some strawberry field way out somewhere we, I, I had no idea where the fuck i was i was just punched into the navigation system and, and you know we went there, um, got to see Mount Fuji close up for the first time. I'd never in Shizuoka. I'd never been like close to Mount Fuji. I never climbed Mount Fuji. I'm not really, you know. I might do it one day. 
really don't not really interested in climbing Mount Fuji. Some people are all about it. I'm just not. Um, that window is kind of closing for me. You know, I got one knee that's kind of not perfect now, and I'm in, you know getting clo- creeping closer to forty, and it's just like, oh, I'm good. <laughs> you know, it's like I'm good. But um, riding riding down the highway in Japan. Uh, it's uh you know getting close and seeing like the behemoth that is that mountain um you know i see it from far away here and, and it's kind of like a good oh there's mount fuji but seeing it closer up it, you get a better appreciation for it and it's kind of beautiful with this snow-capped peaks and all that good shit so it was cool um which made me think of something actually too and when i was on the highway um i learned something new because <coughs> there's a few <coughs> sorry there's a few quick uh, rules of the road here in Japan that I think you need to be aware of. If you do, if, Speaking of driving, I never really brought up here, but things that I kind of learned here after driving that we don't do in the States. Um, it's just two main things that I can think of off the top of my head. The first one is like when you're use, – use of your hazard lights is really um, – no, no, I, I think three now. Honking first. I'm talking about honking. I think do you honk? I think some people honk to say thank you, um, if I remember. Normally in Tokyo area, people don't really honk at me to say thank you. People do something, so scratch that first one. It's only two, <laughs> okay? Forget about the first one. I've heard people honk. I've heard of people honking, but I, I've never experienced it directly. One thing, like to say thank you in when you're driving People flash, it's a really interesting thing. People flash their hazard lights here, right? To say thank you to someone. So, like, if you let someone in, you know, when you're driving, you just flash your hazard lights for, like, you know, a couple of times just to let the person know uh, thank you. It's really interesting. You know, a person lets you over, flash the hazard lights. Shit like that. Like, it, it, you get into it, you know, it's a, it's a very Japanese thing. Again, you, you're, um, like, I... You know, in the states, I wave. You, you just wave to someone through the mirror; they'll see you, or you know, when they're turning. But generally, you don't acknowledge the person except with a hazard light kind of thing. It's it's, it's kind of funny. Um, it's very Japanese. Uh, I don't know if it's done in other countries, but I've never seen it done anywhere else besides here. So, driving if someone does, if you do drive in Japan and someone does something nice for you, give them a hazard light splash. You know, just a couple of times just to let them know that you're there, that you're feeling them. <laughs> But another thing, when I was on the road, I experienced another use of the hazard lights here, which was um, really, you know, I was like, whoa, this is really Japanese. And, it, you know, it took me like half a second to realize what was going on. And but then like just me being here long enough kind of kicked in. So I was on basically I was on the highway and I was riding and um, it was kind of like a little blind turn because high, <clears throat> highways here are a lot have a lot more turns. <clears throat> Something went down my throat. Sorry. <clears> throat> mm. So I drank some wine. <laughs> a piece of dust went in my throat, so I'll just drink some wine. Um, so anyway, like, um, it was kind of like going through a blind curve, and I noticed, like, two cars ahead of me. The two cars ahead of me flashed their hazard lights. Then the car ahead of me flashed their hazard lights. And I noticed, like, the car in the other lane started, was doing the same thing. And I was like, oh, and then they slowed down. I was like, oh, 
like they're flashing their hazard lights to warn everyone. So it's like a little like doing the wave with their hazard lights. So then, and of course, I flash my hazard lights, you know, um, a couple of times. So like all the cars were kind of signaling, signaling the ones behind them um, that traffic was slowing down. Uh, and I thought like it, it, it was really cool. Like I thought like I ne- would have never thought of doing that at all because, you know, like in the West, like whatever, it's your responsibility. You need to be on your toes. But it was just like a really cool thing to see like um, in action because I could just imagine that wave of, you know, information um, just flowing its way back through traffic. It was either that or like a zombie attack. You never know. But <laughs> but if it was a zombie attack, people would probably be getting out of their car screaming or something like that. But but no 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 no. It, it was just a really uh cool thing that I was like, oh yeah yeah, I live in Japan. <laughs> All right, when in Rome, you know, wink wink. So uh, or I should say blink blink. Um, the foreshadowing of something that we'll talk about a little bit later, by the way. But anyway, um, so yeah, we get to the hotel eventually, and um, it was really cool. Um, had like a half to Tommy Man. It was like an older hotel, Hot Spring Hotel, that got clearly got renovated because the hallways were kind of like a little bit, you know. <laughs> but the room looked nice. So, um, and the Hot Spring look rooms look nice, but the the hallways I was looking like okay, it's looking a little bit old. Looks doesn't look as good as it did in the pictures. So, um, but whatever, it, it was fine. It was a nice place. Um, got definitely got the job done, and uh, we had like. So we went there, and the place had, like, uh, so, you know, it, it was, like, a family-friendly place. They had a little playroom with a bunch of stuff. My son was running all around the place, driving his little toy car. He was having fun. Um, and uh, we get into the hot spring. And it was cool because this was my first time. Like, I'd been to, like, it's called Kashkiri, like a um, private basically room i'd been one with my wife uh, with us two dating before but this was like a family friendly room so it was like really spacious and they had like six rooms uh two on one floor three on one floor and three on another floor and basically how the system worked there was um you kind of wrote your the time you entered on the board and you had like 45 i think 45 minutes from that time to kind of be there you you know it's like just unwritten rules like you don't overextend yourself or you know just of course, you could be an asshole and just, like, wipe the time out and then just, like, scribble something in. But no one in Japan really does that. People kind of really follow the rules here. So, um, mm. but it was cool. You know, um, little area, little changing room area, big glass window, and then you step outside. It was kind of semi-secluded semi kind of thing. We were, like, in a bay so you have you had a view of like a little bay, um, looked like the movie Ponyo, um, <laughs> the theater Ghibli movie Ponyo. If you don't know what that is, P O N Y O. I recommend you watch it in Japanese. You know, with English subtitles is probably the way to go. Pretty much, who watches dubs? Come on now, come on now. Let's be real, okay? <laughs> okay, but any, but anyway. Um, yeah, so, you know, when my family, me, my wife, my son could take a bath together. Uh, again, like you, if you go back and listen to the Hot Spring uh, episode I did way back about a year ago, you, you should know that, you know, to take our bath with soap together in a separate area, then, you know, clean our bodies, 
then go into the pool of hot water with clean, fresh bodies so that we can relax and enjoy the water. And it was, again, hot spring water, so it kind of tasted um, salty. There were little metal bits all in there. You know, it was like some black ash bits or something like that in there. Really hot water, really nice. Um, and I think we went like twice that night and once in the morning. Uh, before leaving, we had break, dinner buffet, breakfast buffet. You know, it was it was pretty cool. Um, you know, seeing the same families and kids over and over again and stuff like that, being all polite. Hi, how you doing? No, excuse me. No, you can play. Go ahead, you can share stuff, shit like that. Um, but it was cool. It was cool. And then uh, rode rode back the next day. So that was pretty much my trip. Um, you know, I get, I got a yukata. You get a yukata if you go to like a hot spring hotel or something, or or they'll kind they'll give you like a like a summer kimono kind of thing. It looks, you know, it looks cool. Um, it's kind of comfortable. I don't like sleeping in them. My wife, <laughs> my wife always gets on me because like I don't really, I'm not used to being in them. And and you know, I'm if I'm in there, I'm walking around with my underwear. I don't got anything on under that, you know. So <laughs> my under, I just got this little yukata thing and my underwear on. So like, but I'm sitting like I got on jeans. So my legs, you know, naturally if I'm sitting down for a while, my legs start to spread a little open and I start showing a little thigh. And <laughs> my wife is like, close your legs. What are you doing? Oh, oh shit, my bad. <laughs> Gotta give them a show, you know, show the people what they want to see, what they came to see. Um, nah, so every now and like at least once, every time I'm like in a hotel or go with around other people, at least one time, I kind of forget that I'm wearing this fucking thing. And, you know, I kind of just like get a little bit too comfortable. And my wife is like, uh, watch your legs. I'm like, oh shit, okay. My son got the gym bay, which is like, uh, um, with it was just like funky pajamas with two legs. I was like, I want one of them motherfuckers. Like, I, I gotta wear this shit. Like, you know, I want, I want the comfortable shit. You know, so of course when I sleep, I gotta take the shit off. And because I'm, not, I don't really like sleeping with a bunch of clothes restricting me. You know, so um, yeah, I just take that off and some boxes and a t-shirt or something like that. Um, but but I mean, it's it's kind of fun. You feel like a fucking samurai walking around the fucking hotel and shit. Like you know, with some two small slippers on and you know uh you, you can't really walk that fast so it's a, it's a fun experience um definitely if you come to japan you know you can't really no you can't go wrong no i'd say you wherever you, if, if you're visiting japan you know wherever you go you're going to have an enjoyable experience going to like a um, hot spring hotel and you know just being able to go into the water and, and, and do a bunch of stuff it's cool um that hotel it didn't only have uh, family friendly places it it also had you know a women's only and a men's only one. I didn't go into them just for time constraints and stuff like that. I was tired after you take a bath like two times. You know, <laughs> you know I I was driving for like five hours I believe, and then I I eat. Uh, you know, we took a bath before. I think I took a bath after. And I was fucking tired, so so I was just knocked the fuck out. Like you know, slept like a log, because after you you'll be surprised. Like you know, after it might you know you're in there for like forty five minutes, you know. But I mean, you're in the water for like ten fifteen minutes. But if it's really hot, there's a lot of real you know minerals and shit floating around in there. It goes into your system. Um, it's good. And again, you don't you don't shower off after that because you want the minerals to stay on your skin absorb into your body 
would refresh, energize, whatever the fuck is going on. You know, um, your body soaks it up. And by the time I hit my pillow, I was like out like a light. My whole family was out like a light. So um, it was a really great experience. Um, definitely would like, you know, especially in winter because it's a little bit chilly outside. We can be in there. So that was what happened. Uh, ooh, we're 20 minutes deep. So. Uh, this is, I told you, we're just going to let this one flow today. All right, so let's get into our product review. Bum, 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 Hey, mama. <laughs> I kind of forgot I'm recording this shit. Like, I randomly, my wife laughs at me sometimes when I tell her, because when I told her a few years ago, like, every if I'm by myself, I'll just randomly bust out with my own music, like I just did, you know. <laughs> Am I the only one who does that? Like, you know, who just like... That's what I thought, like, the product intro music would sound like. I'll probably never do that again, so... <laughs> I literally forgot, like, I was recording this shit while... <laughs> the music was just playing in my mind. But, um... Anyway, I got an interesting one for you. Uh, again, from Sakunamart, uh, com. Please check the link. Uh, which is my affiliate link, buy a bunch of this shit, is actually, you know, something really interesting, which is uh, going to be cookies and cream flavored Kit Kats. Now, um, if you don't know, I've never seen flavored Kit Kats outside of Japan. I People go crazy. Now, now people go crazy for them. Uh, whenever I go back to the States, people are like, yo, bring me some more of them joints. Like, oh my gosh, this is the bomb. Like, you know. Um, so if you come to Japan, definitely flavored Kit Kats is the way to go. Strawberry, you can always find all over the place. The cookies and cream one, actually, I saw this summer. I didn't buy them. Uh, I was like, yeah, in my mind, I was like, I'll buy them. I procrastinated, never procrastinate. Um, I procrastinated and I was like, yeah, I'll get them sometime for my family and friends back home to send a care package and then they were gone but you know Sakura Mart has them they got a stock of them get them while they hot you know because they might be gone but um I saw they also have strawberry they have green tea um a pack of 13 the official label let me read it. hold on Nestle Kit Kat cookie and cream 13 bar is the official title of it. But I'm sure if you just type in Kit Kat in their search engine, it's going to come up. You know, it, I saw three flavors. I didn't search beyond that, but I'm sure they probably have some more. Um, uh, I bought green tea back home with mixed results in the past. Um, strawberry is always a hit. And I'm, I would imagine the cookie and cream is it's cookies and cream. Come on now. You can't go wrong with that shit. So, um, Definitely check it out on there. Again, buy it by clicking um, my affiliate link uh, just to help support the fucking podcast. <laughs> like I said that. To support the fucking podcast, you guys. Okay, just support this shit. <laughs> but no, 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 no. This is this is a product that I, I, I would say could be, you know, a really nice hit, you know, for birthdays, for parties, you know, get, I think that would be nice, like, if you got, like, a fucking bowl with, like, a, you know, a bunch of different fucking types of Kit Kats, like, for your fucking kids, uh, birthday or some shit like that, birthday party, fucking slumber party, some shit like that, depending on whoever the fuck is coming over to your house, that shit would go over, like, gangbusters, right? Like, can you imagine, like, Super Bowl, Super Bowl, if you're in America, I know a lot of people, um, are from, um, you know, the state's a good portion of you guys on the West Coast listening out. Shout out to you guys. Um, 
super imagine your super bowl party you know you got just like a bowl of fucking um different flavor kit cash you put out in addition to like your normal chips and shit like that that would be i think a pleasant surprise you know for a lot of people and you know and, and um of course they'll fucking disappear like i <laughs> which means you gotta buy a bunch of them using my affiliate link okay <laughs> <laughs> all right i'm done i'm done but but no really i I do think um just every just the reaction i get every time i go back home pretty much like now when i go back to the states like everyone's just like look just bring fucking kit kats and sake that's all we need we don't need anything else i'm just like okay like fucking 10 years ago when i was trying to like you know sh push sake on you guys you guys were like get that shit out of here and now it's like yo where's the sake at i'm like god damn like okay times change you know but so, but definitely, I think you know any like event having like a few packs of those uh would be like a really good uh party starter, you know conversation piece shit like that, you know what I'm saying, so mm. think about it, okay again i you know I'm not pushing it, I don't know how long they'll have the especially the cookies and cream ones in stock. that will probably be the biggest uh conversation piece you know especially if it's in a mixed bowl but that's how, that's how i would do things you know all right so that's that uh ah, next let's get back into some more olympic bashing it's been a while right it's been a while since i've been bashing on the olympics and i actually i read this article i stumbled upon it a, a few days ago and I told y'all, man, like this, you know, it's, it's, it's coming out more and more that like the shit show of these Olympics is starting. You're hearing it from me first. Again, probably next spring, you know, you'll start hearing it more and more. But basically what happened was I'm remembering this off the top of my head. Again, read the article for yourself. But pretty much like uh, there's been, I believe, a formal request by some people, some officials uh for like the open water events you know for the olympics that they move the venue out of tokyo bay for a few different reasons one is the water temperature which um apparently is like close they they took some samples this summer um water temperature tests and it's like right close to the danger zone of like you know it's really risky for you to be swimming in these water temperatures because of course i believe i remember that someone said like yo if you get a cramp or you get heat stroke or something like that if you're in um uh running you just fall to the ground but like if that shit happens when you're in open water is not nice you know it can it is not a pretty thing so they're really worried about again you know someone fucking drowning <laughs> because they like overheat in the water and like you know they can't get to them which is a real fucking like you you you've heard me harping on this shit you know, for um, for months already, so uh, there's no surprise there. But again, the official complaints are starting to come out now that the marathons have, have been moved to Sapporo, and, and I believe they're starting at like 7 a.m. Uh, in the morning. Which you know, again, is it, all this is going to be a, di a roll of the dice. Like whether if the weather is like crappy, that's the best possible outcome. Like I, there have been a few summers here where the weather turned; it got really weird. And um, it was just, you know, crappy and rainy. Again, the weather here can turn on a dime. 
that's the best possible outcome for safety, in my opinion. Like, if there's just some rainy, shitty Olympics, is the best possible outcome because that means it'll be cooler than uh, normal. But if it's a typical summer here, you know, in the water, like, I heard people telling me, like, because I, I, when I was trying to get tickets, I clearly didn't get, you know, I was like, well, maybe, you know, by the by the bayside, because you got the ocean breeze. And they were like, no, that's like the hottest area to be, actually. It's a lot hotter than in the city there because you have the reflection of the water. You know, you have like uh, hot, humid air coming in from the sea. So the temperature is even higher than in the city. So like all the BMX events, all the, the Olympic Village is all like by the fucking water and which is going to be hot as shit. So, um, I'm talking like, you know, you know, 34 degrees Celsius, a hundred, maybe a clear hundred degrees Fahrenheit with humidity. It's not like the heat in America. This is like jungle heat, fucking humidity, you know, sweating your ass off five seconds after you get, leave the fucking house. Like it's ridiculous. So, uh, again, like check that article out in the in the description to get the full lowdown of what's going on. Um, I imagine this is not going to be the last request for this shit. Um, you know, again, just once these officials, you know, now that they've seen shown some leeway and in, in willingness to move some of these events, um, I imagine anyone who's really concerned about the safety of the athletes is probably just probably even behind the scenes, like what the fuck is going on? Like, you know, that's what I would be doing. I'd be like, fuck you guys. Like we need to get this shit out of the city. So, um, so that's, that's that. Uh, next, let me see what else I got. Ah, ah shit. Okay. Um, what I got to do now, um, I'm going to, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stop things a little bit. I'm, just give me a second. Cause I got to readjust the microphone level. I got to refill my wine. Cause I'm, um, for these next two things, I need to actually get a little bit closer to uh, my, my screen so I can, cause I'm going to be reading a bit of stuff. So give me a second. Let me, um, position, reposition some shit, uh, refill my, my beverage and we'll get, dig a little deeper. Okay, I'm back. I'm back. I'm back. Oh, oh, oh no, wait, no. Okay, okay, there we go. Now let me try and get comfortable without spilling wine all over the place. Okay. <laughs> all right. All right. Okay, here we go. So, let me let me pull this up. So, if you if, you know, after the podcast, of course, go ahead and check these links. And which one am I going to start with? Um, okay, I'll start with the main one. This is the main one I wanted to talk about, which is uh, from, again, Japan Talk, is how Japanese people think. Um, I was actually using an article from Japan Talk in one of my lessons the other day, and I saw this on somewhere in, like, the sidebar shit. And I was like, ooh, you know, I took a look at it, and I was like, all right, that's something good for me to talk about. I, mm, I might have, you'll probably hear me, review some things that I've talked about before, but I think this is a really good summary of um, a few different concepts that are really important in Japan. There was another article that was kind of similar to this, but I think this one goes a little bit deeper and it's a way for me to expand. I might not even be able to get through the whole thing just because like the conversation can kind of go off quite deep. I'll just do as much as I can. Um, if I got to skim some shit, I'll skim some skim some shit or, you know, we'll, we'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. But definitely this is worth a read and it's something, um, again, this is going to be, you know, a real Reader's Digest um, breakdown of this shit. Like, it's not going to be, 
anything in depth where you're not gonna please don't be like i understand japanese people from listening to akil talk about this shit for 10 minutes like no this is like some shit you gotta really experience to be able to understand it's like a process um but being aware of these concepts is gonna really give you a leg up you know in being being able to hit the ground running here in um here in japan right uh so again it's levels to this shit so um, basically what this is, is, you know, concepts like I've talked about my concepts in the past. Like I fucking forgot them because I haven't written them down. I got to go back and listen to find the episode where I talked about this shit. If you guys remember the episode, I talked about like the motivations in Japan. Please, please let me know because I fucking forgot. Um, but anyway, um, yeah, the, these are really, you know, motivating factors in japan the first one is gambate you've con- if you haven't heard this word you're gonna hear it a lot um use it a lot like it's a good way of building camaraderie um you know gambate gambali masho gambalo are different uh, you know gum gum ganbalo meaning like let's try hard gambate means like try your best or give it your best or uh, gambalimas meaning like I'll try my best um, are three really important words, especially if you're working with um, coworkers and things like that. It's really important that you learn these, you know, even if um, you know, your Japanese skills aren't that good. It's just a way of putting a, a bright face on, you know, putting a, a good spin on things and, and giving people it helps give people a positive impression of you. And, and, and you know, the shit rubs off on you after a while because like you you know, trying your best, um, and you've heard me talk about it, even in the face of insurmountable odds, is an admirable quality here in Japan. So sometimes it's a, it can be a fault of Japanese society. Just thinking, I, I think I've talked about this a few episodes in the past. Uh, when I was doing, I remember when I was talking about that movie review, like My Darling is a Foreigner, um, you know, the idea that, like, if you just try your best, that's an admirable trait and that's good enough is something that's really important here in Japanese society. Um, you know, cutting something like cutting your losses is not, not, uh, <laughs> now that I think about it, yeah, cutting your losses is not something that's really big here in Japan at all. Like doubling down (laughs) on your bullshit is, you know, a a really strong Japanese trait. Um, Sometimes it works for the positive. Sometimes it doesn't really work out that well. Um, But keep that in your mind, right? Especially if you watch Japanese TV shows, you know, listen like shit like Terrace House or I, which I don't watch, but I'm just throwing it out there. You know, um, um, the Bachelor Japanese version of it. We'll probably you'll probably see that concept. Shogunai is is another one. This is one I don't recommend you use too much unless your Japanese skill is kind of a bit up there because it can kind of it's kind of like. Basically, it, it translates to it can't be helped. And a lot, you'll hear Japanese people use it a lot. But if you use it too flippantly, it kind of loses its muster. It can kind of leave a bad impression about you. Um, but it's something that you'll hear Japanese people say a lot. Um, basically, just like, hey, kind of thing, you know. Um, so um, a lot of times, like, if if... 
again, some of these concepts are might be contradictory. Like, even though you try your best and doubling down on shit, but sometimes if things um, disturb the peace or um, might bother other people, you got to let it go, right, here in Japan. Like, you wouldn't go out of your way to, like, you know, Someone cutting in line, for example, you might say, yeah, shogunai, eh. you know, old lady cutting in front of you, which happens a lot, like <laughs> cutting in front of you um, is like a shogunai kind of thing. But you just saying it all the time, unless you understand the cultural concept, is something I'd really want to discourage you from it, from doing. Um, because, again, like that's one of the first tells of a person who's really new to Japan, just like using all these bu- buzzwords kind of flippantly or a little bit off where it's like, okay, you've been here for a while, but you still don't get it. So um, that's one that I'd like you to internalize and just kind of soak up if you're here in Japan. Um, again, like not complaining too much. Uh, there's a mini uh, breakdown of it here. You can just read through it if you want to. Um, Giri and Ninjo, which I'm not too familiar with, but duty and emotion. Um, giri, Giri Choco is kind of a um, imp- phrase I hear a lot, which is kind of obligation. I'm more familiar with the obligation, which again, I believe is one of my, it's coming back to me, one of my motivating factors about here in Japan. Ninjo, I'm not too familiar with, um, not going to lie, but um, definitely Giri or duty is something that's really at the forefront of motivations here in Japan. And um, yeah, the the more you talk with people and adults and parents and employees, you'll really get that feeling. Don't really feel sorry for these people uh, is what I would recommend. Because um, you know you, you'll hear some sob, some salaryman sob stories if you, if if depending on where you work. But you know we all make choices in our life, and I've met people who have chosen to go that route and who are happy with their job, happy with their career. People who are completely miserable. But they don't have the motivation or the wherewithal to like try and do something different. And then I've met people who, you know, are entrepreneurs and who, you know, really had to thug it out and grind it out for several years, which was what I'm doing now, um, to get where they want to be in life. And, you know, so I've seen like a spectrum of all of it. And so I'm like, yo, our, your life is your life and we only got one to live. So I personally mm, stopped feeling too crappy for the people who say like it's their duty to do xyz so whatever i don't know um but anyway that's that's something that's here again that's that's probably a deep a really deep concept um just to be aware of and that's a fact of life not something to really feel bad for japanese people about um japanese society about is is one of the things that holds japan together the things that you as a western person might feel sorry that might feel bad for Japanese people having to go through are also some of the things that hold the society together and make it like the quote unquote, you know, cool, peaceful place that it's, you know, seen as. So, all right. Number four, uh, Genki, Genki, Genki. This is some, this is a word you're going to hear a lot and you probably use a lot. You probably might even be familiar with it. Um, Genki is energetic. Genki is healthy. Genki is vibrant, full of energy, and all these things. So there's a really umbrella term, um, but I'm, you know, I'm like in my life here in Japan. I'm a Genki person, but I'm not a Genki person. You know, like I'm a Genki. I'm a, meaning I'm a cheerful person, 
But so my coworkers will say I'm cheerful and things like that. But I'm not like a super Genki, yay, 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 I'm happy all the fucking time kind of person. Like I'm not like a manic Genki person, you know. But I do approach every day, I approach my job with enthusiasm so I can, you know, also be seen as Genki in that way. Um, again, it is a very broad term. Genki can also have a sexual meaning, you know, um, as well. Like, um, you know, for a dude, let's be real, like an erection. <laughs> you're Genki if you got an erection, you know. Um, if you got a girlfriend and you're like, you know, oh, I'm Genki, you know. Well, don't don't fucking say that shit on the first date, okay? <laughs> Let me just throw that out there too. <laughs> but like, let's say you know. Um, you are dating someone you've been intimate before and you want to let them know that you're in the mood, you can kind of say something like that and they might get the hang of what you're talking about, you know, even if your Japanese skills aren't the best. Like, so just, that's just to show you like the broad meaning of the word, right? All right, let's go to the next one, which is motainai. Motainai is another um, really important one. Because it means the re regret of wasting something or, you know, that wasting, the being wasteful is not really um, an admirable trait. Now, this is something interesting because Japanese people are very wasteful about <laughs> some things. And so you might, you know, but very preachy about not wasting other things. Like food waste here is really, really, you're like, whoa, you know, pollution, like wrapping. You've heard me talk about that before. Um, so on one side, there's a lot of motainai here in Japan that just gets kind of swept under the rug, but <laughs> another part of it is really like policed heavily. So like rice or, or, you know, leftover food, things like that is really like, you know, seen as a big no, no. But then if you go to a restaurant, they won't give you a doggy bag and they'll throw all that shit in the trash is, you know, <laughs> so, but again, not being judgmental is kind of the way the society works. So I try not to wrap my brain around it too much. And it's just, it is what it is. Right. Um, kawaii I, it speaks for itself. Like if you don't, if you're listening to this podcast and you don't know what the fuck kawaii is, I don't know what to tell you, man. Like, okay, so I'm just going to skip that one. Uh, seven, yukudoshi. Yakudoshi. I'm sorry. I'm not familiar with this term at all, actually, so I'm just going to skip it. I've, maybe I've heard of it once or twice, but but uh, I'm not familiar with the ins and outs of it, so I'm just going to skip it. Um, eight, kami, which is God or deity, which is interesting, yeah. So... <clears throat> And also, anyone who has, like, a lot of skills, the, the one spin I can put on this is a person who has a lot of skills uh, can be called, like, a god. So, the term, you're a god, like, I've been called a god. I've been called the English god. Like, people told me, you're my English god. Like, you know, and as, like, you know, a person from a Christian society is like, whoa, don't do that. Don't put that on me. You know, but um, it does, the word god gets thrown out a lot. Um, because there are a lot of deities here in, in Japanese society. So just be aware of that. Like, he's a soccer god. You know, he's not like a literal god, but just like god-like is, is probably a better way of translating it. You know, um, you're like a god is kind of how it, it, it can be used loosely. So if you are a hardcore Christian person, just be prepared. You might hear the word god especially if someone's talking to you in English, you might get hear the word God thrown around a lot more loosely than you're used to. Um, and it can might be a little bit like shocking for you. So don't really try and police that, but because that's just kind of culturally how they're talking. Again, 
Shinto traditions, there are eight million kami, right? There's a god of everything. So, um, yeah, just just be aware of that. Don't take it so serious, so heavily. Okay. Next, Hone and Tatemaya. I've talked about this before, so I kind of skip that. Um, bu- 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 Number ten, Jishuku. Not familiar with that. I read it, but I'm not familiar with that. Mono no aware. Now, which is um, the fleeting beauty of things. You've heard me talk about that during cherry blossom season. Cherry blossom season is, I think, the um, best example of that. If you go back in past episodes, you'll hear about that. Um, but yeah. Um, this is another one that um similar to like uh Genki or similar to Shogunai. You gotta be careful how you use it. I've seen coworkers use it in the past. Like I mean, people normally say it when they're leaving a job or something like that. It means you've worked very hard. Or yeah, you're tired. But you gotta be kind of careful how you use it. Cause like for one I remember one time I realized like, oh, this you gotta be careful how you use it like i was at work and and, um one of the people like the japanese staff was still working and one of the foreign people were leaving i was like oskale and said it really like lightly while the other people were really busy and even me even me it kind of like hit me kind of like as kind of like oh shit like don't say it like that you know some people say oskale as kind of um uh, abbreviated version of it, like kind of slang term, but you know, like it's kind of it's one of the again cultural nuances. For example, what that person, the mistake that person made was lightly saying "see ya." You know, when you have a, a group of other people working really hard in front of you, it kind of seems like you're cutting out early or a little bit not appreciating the fact that they're gambatera. Right, you know what I'm saying? You see, it kind of comes full circle. They're working really hard. They're gum. They're trying hard, and you're just like skipping out la di da. You know, like later, you guys. You know, it just kind of like throws that in their face, and can be seen as a really not respectful but resentful uh, way of saying goodbye. You know, um, but again, that's not something you really have to worry about being a foreign person. But I could feel it. That was my point. Like, I could feel it. So th- that's why Otsukasa is a really um, weighty word in Japanese language and Japanese culture. And I, unless you really have the context down through observing, through listening, um, how it's used among Japanese people, I wouldn't recommend you use it so often, so much in the beginning, initially, you know, if, you, if your Japanese skills aren't really up there, up to par. So, um, or you're not really co- as culturally aware about um Japan. Um, Bureko. Uh, I've actually talked to a student about this. I'm not too familiar about Bureko. Um, this is kind of season that it really comes into play. I don't really see it done. It's really more one of a uh, concept that's really heavy in like the company salary man world. So I'm just going to skip over it. Personal space. Personal space is the last one, which is um, another you know, kind of contradiction of Japanese society. Again, um, generally speaking, like uh, People people do have their own personal bubble, and people don't really enter each other's personal space um, that much. They do, but they don't. 
Like, they don't really interact within each other's personal space. There's kind of, like, a distance that people have with each other. Like, um, you know, trying to reach out and touch someone, for example. Even if you're talking to a friend, you know, touching them on the shoulder or something like that. You know, or feeding someone. They might pull back, like, whoa, what the fuck are you doing? Just because people, there's, like, a unwritten kind of dance of personal space. But at the same time, then you might have someone completely like jump in and violate your personal space. Not in like a that type of way, but in a surprising way, you know, I think because people aren't used to the median that we have of personal space in the West so much where you might interact in close quarters with someone, you know, you um but but you under you respect their person you might enter someone's personal space i think that's what it is in the west we we're more comfortable entering someone per, someone's personal space but respecting it right we we we're more we, our personal space is fluid but is we do it in a very respectful way i think here in japan because personal space is something that's very much like a hard line um line in the sand kind of thing that when people enter other people's personal space they're just like fucking you know you know looters <laughs> you know rioters like running through a mall it's like ah, we're in here you know and and they don't do it as so much in a respectful or graceful way because they're not used to doing it so just bear with jeff and again it, it, i've had some uncomfortable experiences uh, with personal space here where people kind of enter my personal space and I'm just like, whoa, 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 what the fuck are you guys doing? Like, you know, um, and I mean, nothing too crazy, but it makes me in a way that made me feel uncomfortable. And I knew like, you know, I had to kind of um, hold that in, you know, otherwise I'd kind of make a scene like, what the fuck are you guys doing? <laughs> you know, nothing, nothing too crazy, but just people who were just like, you know, again, touching my arms, touching my body, like shit like that, or like, you know, it just, just, I don't know, it just makes me uncomfortable even thinking about it. But okay, anyway, um, that's that. Okay, so ooh, let me see what, how much time we got. Ooh, we're 48 minutes deep. Cool, 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 cool. I got one more thing I want to go through really quickly, and then we'll get up out of here. So the last thing is a glossary of Japanese onomatopoeia for... Gaijin is what it's called, but this article, I'm just going to warn you, the link is one that I stumbled upon, but the um, the explanations of this are not that good, to be honest with you. They're not good at all. It's kind of done in like a clever kind of ha-ha-ha way. I believe it's more made to entertain people who are live in Japan and who are already familiar with these concepts. So if you're not familiar with them, I do your own research on Japanese onomatopoeia in a more like straightforward way. Um, and then go back to this article and read it is for entertainment purposes. Um, I'll just scroll through and just pick out a couple of them. I did it before. Um, I bought a few. Um, let me let me go through it. So betsu betsu, the second one, um, is really important. It means paying separately from people, going Dutch, if you will. So um, if you're dating, you know, betsu betsu is a good thing to remember, especially if you're on a budget. Um you might not win any Kool-Aid brownie points for it, but it's just something to remember. Um, what else? What else? What else? Pika Pika, which is something shiny, very clean, for example. I, they gave the example of windows, clean windows and things like that. Uh, mushy Mushy. Uh, no, 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 sorry. Not that. Um, skip that. 
Doki doki is a really important one. That's excited for something. Yeah, excited, maybe a little bit nervous. Doki doki is very is is commonly used in Japanese conversation. Uh, let me try and get one more. One more. Giri giri, yeah. Giri giri is another one that you can use, like by the skin of your teeth. You know, something like you know, for example, you just barely made it. For example, um, is 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 a good one. Oh, kira kira um, is uh, another again shiny. For example, like um, eyes might be kira kira. Thing might be so you might describe a person's features as kira kira, like their eyes, but a non-physical thing might be more pika pika. So I wouldn't describe a girl's eyes as uh, uh, <laughs> as pika pika. I would describe a, a a beautiful girl's eyes as like kira kira, for example. So or her nails as kira kira. You know, if she's got her nails done and they're shiny or something like that. Dress, you know, something like that. Um, but again, look, look I, I don't recommend you use this as your first point of reference at all. You'll be completely fucking confused. Um, but just the main thing, um, I, I just wanted you to be aware, become aware of the role of onomatopoeia here in, in, in Japanese language. Again, it's interesting when you start getting into it. I, I got When you hit a certain level of Japanese study, you really become interested in it because you're like, whoa, I can say all this shit and all these words. And then you learn all these things and... You start sounding all fucking crazy because everything you're just like, oh, pika pika, doki doki, ooh, mushi mushi, oh shit, like never never, wah, you know. <laughs> but um, <laughs> but no, nah, no, nah, just being aware of them is is something to to know. So alright, y'all, like, let me um wrap things up for this episode. Episode one hundred, right, is in the books officially. I've been leading, I've been hyping it up, and it's just completely normal, like I told you last time. So, but I'm happy, you know, triple digit. I hit triple digits on this podcast. You know, the same night I hit triple digits, 100 subscribers for my Japanese YouTube page. Woohoo! I had like three <laughs> a few months ago. So, like, I'm happy about that. Um, and. And TikTok's going a lot better. But but you know, but still I'm I'm my numbers are creeping up and it's kinda of serendipitous that I hit triple digits on both of those things that are really near and dear to me at the same time. Of course, ideally my YouTube numbers will increase to four digits a hell of a lot faster than this podcast, but <laughs> but you know, for now I'm 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 happy just to kinda of hit that mark on both ends because um, you know, like a year ago for compared with a year ago, I think I've made leaps and bounds on, on both fronts. And thank you guys for rocking with me on this front. And, you know, even though, again, even though I don't put nearly as much effort as I put into my other work into this podcast, I'm, I really appreciate you guys for sticking with me for these hundreds of episodes through the ups and downs and tired days and long nights and you know, even me thinking about it is, you know, I'm getting a little bit, not real, I'm not going to start crying or anything, but a little bit, you know, emotional. It's like, oh, yeah, I have kind of been through a lot. Um, you kind of have heard me go through a lot over these past couple of years. And, um, yeah, I'm happy. I'm fucking happy. And, you know, I'm happy to talk with you guys every time. I'm happy to go back and listen to this podcast every time. Um, and hopefully, you know, it can give you guys some joy, some 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 laughs, some fucking 
uh, you know, insights, you know, edutainment, as I say sometimes, and whatever, it, whatever it is, whether you come to Japan, whether you don't, whether you share it with your friends, whether you don't, you know, whether whether you fucking, I don't know, whatever you're doing, you know, whether you, whatever you whatever you do, what you do, whatever you can get from this podcast, you know. I appreciate you, and I appreciate you. Again, I consider you all family, even if you've never contacted me, even if, you know, I don't know who you are, if you know who I am and you know who this, what this podcast is, I consider you guys family. And I look at the numbers, and, you know, I'm like Marvel, like, wow, I got like 75 people listening to this shit. Like, hopefully, you know, it doesn't it doesn't come back on me in the future. <laughs> you know? Like, oh, shit, I'm kind of worried. Like, if this, if this thing gets popular, like, fuck, what is Japanese society going to think about me talking all this bullshit? Like... <laughs> But no, but no, no, really, really, I'm happy, and I'm gonna keep rocking with you guys for another fucking hundred. We gonna we gonna keep turning it up. So all right, y'all, have a good night or have a good day, have a good weekend, have a good whatever, and I'll holler at you next time. Peace.